We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of a Pack a Day Podcast. My name is Nick Schmitz. I'll be your host for today. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thank you so much for making us part of your day. And we are now nine weeks through the season and seven and two. I I know everybody's disappointed about the loss. Everybody's a little on edge about the way the Packers played on Sunday. It was not a good look. It wasn't great. But let's let's start here. And Maggie and Jacob are both joining me again today. Maggie, Jacob, I want to start with this here with you guys because you know, Sunday and kind of a lot of Monday, you would have thought that the season was over, the world was falling apart. We almost need a little bit of Rogers R E L A X. Like bring some of that back here. The season is you know far from over. But I, I want to ask you guys a question. So we're nine weeks through the season here, and I want to ask if either of you know since Aaron Rodgers took over as quarterback of this team, going all the way back to two thousand eight as a starter. Do either of you know the best start Aaron Rodgers has had through nine weeks? As, well, 9-0 and in 2011. Okay. Yes, <laughs> that's the easy one, right? Everybody knows that one. That's the easy one. Now, this is where it might be a little bit more tricky. Do you know what his second best start through nine games in a season is? 
Oh, let's see. Uh, well, in 2014, they started one and two. They had that weird loss in the middle of the year to the Saints. So I'm going to, since you're asking the question at them being seven and two, I'm going to guess that it's six and three. Okay. That was also going to be my guess. So, well, I mean, yes. So six and three is correct. But, well, actually, I guess it depends on how you want to look at it. They've been. They've been six and three twice at the nine nine game mark. They were six and three the year they won the Super Bowl in two thousand and ten. They were six and three two years later in two thousand and twelve, and they were six and two in twenty fifteen. So this is by all accounts Aaron Rodgers' second best start to a season in his entire career, sitting at seven two through nine games. So I don't understand. Maybe you guys know. I'm assuming you probably don't have any idea why Packer fans are freaking out. Like, and again, Jacob, you mentioned this before we even started talking here. Nine weeks ago, if you would have said Green Bay was was going to be seven and two nine weeks into the season, everyone would have taken that. Nobody yeah. would have had Green Bay at seven and two nine weeks ago. So I understand that expectations change as the season goes on and the more you win the higher the expectations become but the reality is seven and two is not bad I'm looking back through most of Aaron Rodgers career most of his career he's a his teams have been about five and three on average nine weeks through the season so and and that's not an indictment of anything it's just it's just a reality of looking at Aaron Rodgers career they're usually not sitting seven and two nine weeks through the season. So let's just take it for the positive that it is. They didn't have the greatest game on Sunday. Jacob, I know you've mentioned this, that you really just hope that they look back at this game as their WTF game. You always have one. And I'd like to point out, and Jacob, Maggie, you probably both know this, but the year they won the Super Bowl, do you know who they lost to in week nine? If you give me a minute, I'm sure I can figure it out. Well, I'll just I'll just give it to you here. The year, uh, oh, I'm sorry. It was the year before they won the Super Bowl. My apologies. The year before oh, the they Tampa won, Bay Bucks, the winless Bucks. Yeah, they went on the road and they lost to the Bucks, who were zero and seven. That Packers team finished eleven and five and made the playoffs. So these games happen. You don't want them to happen. And again, it doesn't mean that it's an aberration. You'll We're going to learn a lot about this team this weekend, how they respond to a game like this. It's not good. You don't like it. But the reality is they're 7-2, and two, and, you know, they had a bad game. Everybody shows up to work sometimes, and they just have a bad day, and nothing goes right. We all have it, including NFL players who make lots of money. So, yeah, you know who had a bad game three hours after the Packers finished having their bad game? Hmm. I'm assuming you're going with Jermaine Whitehead. Well, <laughs> he had a bad day. But no, the New England Patriots, the gold standard of the NFL, got destroyed by the Baltimore Ravens. There you go. It happens to literally every single team. And just a reminder, too, the team that won the Super Bowl last year was the New England Patriots. They lost five games. All five games they lost were to teams that didn't make the playoffs. And I, I want to I get your guys' thoughts here quickly because I think that we've become a prisoner to this idea is that we looked at the Chargers, we, we looked at recency bias, which was the Chargers were 3-5 and five coming into this game, and we looked at the game before this, they went on the road to play the 3-5 and five Bears, 
and the Bears almost beat them. We, we as Packer fans look at the Bears right now as not a great team. They're not great offensively. Their defense is good. But I think, I, would you say that it's fair to, to say that we looked at the Chargers, said based on their record and based on their last game, it did not look like a great team, which doesn't necessarily equate to reality. Well, the thing that I wanted to point out was in Aaron Rodgers' post-game presser, he uh, made a comment about how this team just needs to go respond the right way now. And the goal is obviously to get to eight and two before the bye. But he used 2016 and that season as an example. He said, I feel pretty optimistic, much like maybe 16, when some of those losses where you just felt like you still had something special, even though you had a dud like today. So he acknowledged that obviously this is not the performance that anyone expected but the people in the locker room aren't going to just roll over now because they put on a bad show in L.A. And I have been all over Twitter talking to people saying that this Chargers team was really good. You know, they, their losses came against some pretty good teams, and their losses were all by one score. So they were never out of any of their games. And, you know, I know that great teams find ways to win those games, and good teams end up maybe in the middle of the division or missing the playoffs, but this team was better than their record. And I think that the Packers were woken up on Sunday. And I think that that, like you said, will go a long way in determining now what this team has moving forward, whether it's a wake up call or it's a reality that maybe they weren't as good as their seven and two record initially predicted them to be. Well, and Jacob, I mean, now that we've seen this team kind of, you know, get smacked around a little bit, you know, whatever the reason might have been for their poor performance on Sunday, how do you expect to see them respond this weekend against Carolina? It's funny that you asked the question that way, because I remember when we did this show after they had lost to the Eagles, and I said, you are going to learn more about Matt LaFleur and his coaching staff now than you did in any of their previous three weeks because they won, and it's easy to be high and mighty and high flying when your team is winning. How do you respond when you hit adversity? How do you respond when your team loses? Not to dredge up the past, but when Mike McCarthy's teams were at their absolute best, they responded wonderfully in those situations. Later in his tenure, when they stopped responding, is kind of how you knew the end was near. Lafleur has a chance now to put a stamp on this team because they talked about lack of focus. They talked about lack of preparation. Well, one of the easiest ways to lose preparation and focus is the week before the bye because everybody is going on vacation. Do you have your bags packed, and are you thinking about – I mean, it's going to be freaking cold on Sunday. Are you thinking about the Florida beaches, California beach, everything like that, and the warm temperatures, or are you focused on your game? Uh, I see nothing from what has happened so far this season. They responded wonderfully. Maybe their best performance of the season was after they lost to Philadelphia. They went into Dallas, a tough team on the road, and it was 31-3 to at one point. Dak Prescott throws a couple Hail Marys that get caught. All of a sudden, we're looking at a closer game than what it really was. Uh, there are things they need to do that are less of an intangible point. They need to play better, and I'm sure we'll get into some of those reasons here. But ultimately, a focus, preparation, mental standpoint, I expect them to be all the way there, uh, especially after. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, keep in mind, and he's notorious for this, he doesn't say things just to say them. There's always a purpose when he says something. So when he talks about thinking this team is special, 
He didn't say that in 2017. He didn't say that in 2018. He didn't ever, like, he doesn't just say things. Whenever he says something, there's substance to it. So I think I agree with him. This team has some special character, and I think you'll see that starting on Sunday. Well, I, you know, that's that's what you'd like to hope for, and I, I very much agree because I said something similar too that, you know, sometimes losing games is a good thing for your team. Um, to be humbled, like Aaron Rodgers said after the game, uh, sometimes it's good for a team and it can really, uh, you know, ignite a run. And so coming into this weekend, we're going to be talking about the Packers defense and how it matches up against this uh, Carolina offense, which has been pretty good so far this year. Christian McCaffrey is a nightmare matchup for the Packers. But before we get into kind of some of the matchups, um, the Packers welcome back safety Ibrahim Campbell this week off the pup list. And Maggie, I know he's kind of one of your guys. So what can Ibrahim Campbell bring to this defense coming off the, the injury list? And, you know, I guess how much do you expect to see him play? And what does he offer this defense that seems to be kind of struggling in many different facets of their game? Um, we talked a little bit in the beginning of the season about Raven Green and his new role on this defense, which was that hybrid inside linebacker safety position. Um, and I expect Ibrahim Campbell to be more of the same in that role. Um, he played three games for the Packers last season, only started one before he's tore, he tore his ACL. Um, but he had 18 tackles in those three games, so he's a hard hitter. Um, he forced a fumble in those games. And he also has plenty of experience playing with Mike Patton uh, from their overlap in Cleveland when Mike Patton was the head coach there. Uh, so he is somebody that I don't expect him to be like the defensive savior. I don't think he's going to come in and make this defense to a 180, but I do think that he is an athletic body in the middle of the field that can pair up nicely with Blake Martinez, and he can offer some of that coverage for tight ends. Um, we'll talk about Christian McCaffrey and the role he plays in the passing game. But bringing him into this role, you can allow Darnell Savage to play deep, you can get Adrian Amos out of that kind of inside linebacker hybrid role that he was playing rotationally the last couple weeks. And Campbell can be that box safety um, that can come in and help Blake Martinez, who is not a speedy guy um, in the middle of the field. So I don't think he'll play a ton these uh, first couple weeks as he get gets acclimated, but it would, it would be really surprising to me if he wasn't at least a game day active. I think he'll get some snaps. I just don't know the extent of that. Well, and, you know, at this point in the season, really, with the way the defense has looked, any bit of help is very much welcomed on the defensive side of the ball. So, Jacob, I want to move over to you. You had mentioned something about this um, Carolina offense and their uh, their quarterback, Kyle Allen, who is not the greatest taking care of the ball on the road, it sounds like. Now, Green Bay... Uh, through there, they are six and zero this year when they have created at least one turnover in their games, and it sounds like Kyle Allen is more than likely going to give at least one giveaway this week. Is that correct, Jacob? Yeah, uh, my gambling shark guy, Mister Matt Bow, pointed out to me that Kyle Allen has turned the ball over uh, eight times in three road games this season that he started. So, a positive trend. Uh, you want to talk about keys? It's really keeping them in obvious passing situations. I know that in this day and age of analytics and everybody likes to just read numbers and have that tell you what matters and who's good and who's not and all that kind of stuff. I'm sorry, guys, but basic football principle, when it's second and three, that is easier for an offense than second and nine. 
It is easier to defend a team when they're behind the sticks like that. The Packers can't afford to give up almost five yards of crack on the ground. And they're facing, uh, well, probably the best running back in football this week in Christian McCaffrey. So there's your matchup. You can't force Kyle Allen to turn the ball over if McCaffrey's going to gash you for five, six yards a clip. Whoever can say whoever about run defense doesn't matter, and it doesn't matter as much as defending the pass. I do agree with that portion. But to completely disregard it altogether, when the Packers have lost, their two games they've lost, they've gotten clubbed in the running game. The Philadelphia Eagles ram the ball down their throat. The Sandy, or I've done that twice now in the last three days. The Los Angeles Chargers ram the ball down their throat. And this is a team who was setting records from the 1930s in terms of rushing ineptitude. That's where your key starts. You've got to keep them behind the sticks. That's how this defense is built. This defense is built to be at its best, to pin their ears back and rush the passer. But in order to do that, you have to stop the run on early downs. The Packers haven't done that. Well, and you know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because it's something that we've seen Time after time with this Packers defense now, the inability to stop the run. And Maggie, when we're talking about it, it's it this week it's really a double-edged sword because if you stop McCaffrey in the running game, he's such a pro- prolific wide receiver out of the backfield that, I mean, is this kind of a game where you just kind of concede that McCaffrey is going to get his yards and he's probably going to get a score or two, and it's really just about limiting the amount of damage instead of trying to just fully shut him down? I mean, I, I at this point, I would see that there's almost no way to do that to him, is there? Yeah, so if you look at the Panthers' three losses on the season, in two of those losses, he still put up over 100 yards rushing. So he will run all over this defense. That's a given. I don't think that that changes um, this week. But the red zone defense is what's going to need to be solid. And this offense is going to be able to need to be able to sustain drives and put up points to kind of weather those storms. Because if Christian McCaffrey is the pulse of the game, you know, if everything is kind of living or dying by his hand, then I don't think the Packers are going to be in a great position. But you know, if their offense can sustain drives, eight minutes, eat up the clock a little bit and force him to sit on the sidelines, let their defense rest, uh, then when it is time, like Jacob said, to pin their ears back and get after Kyle Allen, that becomes a little bit easier. Uh, But, you know, McCaffrey's already got 10 rushing touchdowns. He's averaging 110 yards a game. Um, He's at 881 yards so it wouldn't totally shock me if he rushes or if he breaks his thousand uh, yardage mark against Green Bay this Sunday I don't think any of that is necessarily a death sentence as long as you know they're defending the pass equally so Jair Alexander Kevin King the Super Smith Bros um, being able to to get after Allen I think all of those are really uh, imperative to to stopping McCaffrey Well, and, you know, Jacob, we talk, a lot of the focus this week is going to be on Christian McCaffrey. It's no, there's no denying he's a stud, he's a star, he's going to get his yardage. But when we're looking at this Packers defense matching up against the Carolina offense, obviously it's not just McCaffrey and everybody else with that Carolina offense. So how does the rest of Green Bay's defense match up with players on this offense not named Christian McCaffrey? Pretty well. Um, if the guys play well, you know, Jair Alexander, it's kind of, it's funny to me. And I guess funny is not the right word, but interesting, I guess, 
how there are certain players who play well and then all of a sudden they're like above criticism. I often said last season that Aaron Rodgers was that way, for example. When he didn't play well, it felt like there was always a reason for that. And Jair Alexander, quite frankly, hasn't played very well the last couple of weeks, and it seems to be kind of hush-hush. Uh, we're talking about a lot of other things with Alexander not having played as well in recent weeks. So if the guys play to their potential, there's not a lot in terms of receivers. DJ Moore is a nice player. Curtis Samuel is a name I have a voodoo doll and poke into him from the 2016 Ohio State-Michigan game. Uh, he scored the game-winning touchdown for those of you that aren't college football aficionados. So uh, he kind of lives to torment me, so I fully expect him to score this weekend. Greg Olson is older than all of us put together, but he plays tight end. so Which means he <laughs> will be running wide open on the majority of the pass plays next week, it sounds like. Uh, that very well could be the case. I'm uh, interested to see how they do that because Olsen can't run. So it's a little different than when they're facing Ertz and Goddard and Hunter Henry guys that can't actually stretch the field because Olsen is uh, – if Greg Olsen was a basketball player, we would say that he has old man game. That's kind of what Greg Olson does. So they match up well with them. Uh, but, again, like you mentioned, you said it's not Christian McCaffrey and everybody else. Yeah, that's true to a point. Uh, but that's their guy. Um, and he's going to get his. It's kind of like when um, if a team is facing Julio Jones, you know, they say, what do you do to stop Julio Jones? Well, you're not really going to stop him. You're just kind of hoping to contain them. Don't let those guys be the reason that the entire game is ruined. You know, don't kind of like over the weekend when we talked about Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, we knew eventually they were going to get some pressure on the quarterback, but you couldn't let them wreck the entire game. And that's what they did in the first half. So the stars are going to do what the stars do. It's just about making it. So maybe McCaffrey has 102 yards rushing and 54 yards receiving instead of a buck 50 a piece. Well, you know, that's just, again, you know, something that we're just going to have to live with this weekend. Everyone just when McCaffrey goes off this weekend, just just keep it contained. Take a nice swig of your calm down juice and just know that this is going to happen. He's going to get he's going to get his yardage. Um, although I guess we could have kind of something. You, I guess you pray for something similar that happened to Dallas. We kind of said that Ezekiel Elliott was going to run all over Green Bay, and he didn't. Now, there were so many different reasons for why he didn't, but you can always pray for that. But I guess it's one of, what I'm saying is one of those things, don't be surprised. He's a star. He's a stud. He does it to everyone. It won't just be Green Bay. It might just look easier against us than other teams. So, Real quickly before we wrap up here, Maggie, your key to this Packers defense, if the Packers are going to – now, granted, last weekend was a collective loss. Defense was – you know, they kind of showed more of that bend-don't-break. The game could have been a lot worse, like, points-wise than it was. Offense didn't show up. But if this defense is going to slow down McCaffrey, if they're going to keep this game close for the Packers to be able to win, the key to victory for this defense is what? Uh, I think they need to keep pressure on Kyle Allen. They need to keep him contained and, uh, you know, get pressure on him quickly so he doesn't have the dump-off option or the check-down that can burn them in the middle of the field. So the pass rush this week needs to get home, and I think that goes a long way in solving the Packers' problems. All right, and Jacob, if this game is – what is the – I don't want to call it a key, but if Green Bay does – 
or doesn't do X, and this game turns into a complete mismatch if they don't do what? Stay in front of the sticks. I mentioned it earlier on defense. You want to rush the passer. You want to play those sub packages. You want to get Zadarius Smith playing inside. You want to get your pass rushers on the field, send your exotic blitzes, all that stuff. The only way to do that, well, not the only way, but the easiest way to do that is to make it third and seven, second and nine. It can't be second and three, third and one. Those are easier plays for the offense because everything in the playbook is available. Not everything in the playbook is available at third and ten. So stay in front of the sticks, stop the run on the early downs, and pray to God that Kyle Allen doesn't find Christian McCaffrey matched up with a linebacker. (laughs) All right. Well, so before we wrap up here, uh, something that we've been been doing now, well, I guess this is going to be the second week, we're giving out our second – uh, green and golden award uh, so for those of you that maybe don't know if you're just joining us my wife has this theory that every team should have a person on the sideline who their sole job is to have a dog and to give out hugs to people that maybe need it and she created this theory after Mason Crosby's abysmal game last year against the Lions in Detroit she loves Mason Crosby she would die for Mason Crosby <laughs> That list keeps growing every week of people she would die for. On this podcast, if you're unaware, Maggie would die for Matt LaFleur and quite a few Packer players. So it's uh, it's something that we've decided to do. We're going to give away an award. We've called it Green and Goldens. Uh, So this week, um, Maggie, who are we giving the Green and Golden to this week? This week, the wonderful Mrs. Schmitz gave the Green and Golden puppy to me. Because, quote, we stand an optimistic queen. You're all welcome. Puppy to me. So Maggie with the puppy and then Jacob, <laughs> I think we can both agree. I know someone had mentioned uh, uh, on one of your Twitter posts that uh, maybe Packer Nation could all use a, a puppy this week after. And I admit I was I was part of it during the moment, but uh, the the Twitter meltdown that ensued for the three and a half hours of that game that they played Sunday, um, and I think it might be safe to say that. Uh, well, I know I know my wife has said that the no no Packer players except for Mason Crosby deserve a green and golden this week, <laughs> but um, so there we go, Maggie and I guess I guess I'm being told by Annie that Maggie and Mason are the winners of the green and golden this week. So there you have it. It's much easier to give away in a loss, which is kind of upsetting. But um, nonetheless, there is your second green and golden given away this week. Uh, If you guys have any thoughts on who could really use a green and golden award this week, who maybe had a particularly awful game or just needs a hug and a puppy, let us know. Uh, You can find that by following any of us on Twitter, which we're going to get to here in a second, or you can let us know at Packaday Podcast on Twitter as well. Um, so wrapping up here, guys, Maggie, if people want to follow you on Twitter, follow your work, how can they do that? You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney, and you can also find my writing for Cheesehead TV. I will be at the game on Sunday, so if you see me, please say hello. That would be really cool. All right. And, Jacob, people want to follow your work, follow you on Twitter. How do they do that? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Jacob Westendorf. You can find my work at Packer Reports. Uh, which is at Packer Report 66. And we just had our first podcast with the Grave Digger. Uh, Gilbert Brown is doing a podcast with Ross Uglum. Uh, I believe it's every other week now. Uh, but he 
refers to Ross almost exclusively as Ugg, which I find quite funny. So uh, if you want to listen to Gilbert Brown talk some football and catch a couple things that I write here or there, you'll want to check out Packer Report. And I, too, will be at the game on Sunday. So if you guys want to meet up uh, Saturday night, I'll be out with Jason Perrone, also from Packaday, or tailgating Sunday. Maggie, Jason, Paul Brettel from Pat. Like, there's this big group, and we're kind of all slowly figuring things out as to what we're doing Saturday and Sunday, but feel free to come say hello and find us and talk some football. And uh, well, and you know, make sure. You and Nick's do... not going to the game or doing anything because he's not cool. Yes, well, it's it's mostly because, as I've said on Twitter, I just don't like Jacob. So um, <laughs> nobody you know, does. It's but fine. but you know, you gave me credit for being honest, right, Jacob? If nothing else, I appreciate the honesty. <laughs> My uh, wife pretends to love me. We've been married for a year, so I mean, there's. Well, my wife pretends to love me too, so <laughs> if it makes you feel any better. <laughs> so, all right, and so you can also follow me on Twitter at SportsMitty and uh, Jacob. The report this week about my Twitter account is. Uh, I don't remember anything. Not- well, you said you didn't like me, so I mean, I guess there was that. <laughs> that was kind of mean, but. Um, but I also said I appreciated the honesty. So, yeah, I guess uh, it's, it's a positive, negative report, if that makes any sense at all. I suppose it does. And, you know, I will say this for all Packer fans out there, and, and Maggie, I do need some clarification when I say this here because you, you made a comment about it, and I need to know what the answer to my question was, which is the Packers can solve all of their problems if they just win this Sunday Everybody's going to forget about it, so just win Sunday. And, Maggie, you had said that I was so wise for saying that, and I said I can't tell if that's sarcasm or not, and I feel like it's a little bit of both. Yeah, exactly. It's a little bit of both. If they win, no one's going to care about the Chargers loss, so it is very wise, but at the same time, it were that easy. <laughs> well, I'm not saying it's that easy. I'm just saying if you just win Sunday – it fixes all the problems that everybody perceives that there is. So, just win. But, yeah, so as Al Davis said, just win, baby, right? That's right. All right, good. I'm glad that didn't go over anyone's head. Oh, so, no. But, all right, well, we are out of time. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Make sure you are following the podcast um Firstly, on Twitter, at Packaday Podcast, and make sure you are liking and subscribing to the Packaday Podcast on your favorite podcasting platforms. And I've said this, I've stopped saying this for a couple of weeks because I keep forgetting because I'm really bad at some of this stuff, but if nothing else, go follow Andy Herman on Twitter. I mean, the amount of knowledge that you, there's so many great out there. I, 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 must, I must admit that I've actually learned more from just following the people that we work with here at Packaday Podcast than I have over, you know, an entire life of just like, watching the national media so take that for what it's worth if you like national media Um, he also listens to colin cowherd i do i do i enjoy that and i know that as i'm saying that everybody is now just never going to listen to our podcast ever again as long as i'm on it because because that is now a known fact but um but yes follow andy herman please he is great at what he does and just you know what I'm just go follow everyone else too. If you want to learn about football and the Packers, there are so many great contributors out there. Just go follow them all. You're going to learn so much. It's really worth your time. And so thank you so much again, everyone for listening. And as always, go pack, go.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.